Peace be unto you, brothers and sisters. I am your host, the Apostle Ruben. Is it true that today we can eat unclean meats? Like pork, like shrimp, like catfish? Well, in today's churches, and I call them churches, or I should say building on the corners, this seems to be the belief. But no minister is willing to go over scripture to prove it. One or two here. But here at Elijah the Children Ministries, we go over chapter and verse from both Testaments. And in this podcast episode, brothers and sisters, I intend to prove to you that as the Old Testament, the First Testament says, it is not good for us to eat unclean meats, so does the new. It's how you present it, brothers and sisters. So stay tuned to this presentation that is titled, Can We Eat Unclean Meats? All praises to the Most High, brothers and sisters. I am your host, the Apostle Reuben. I'm going to be going in this uh, podcast episode. It's not going to be one of the longest podcast episodes. As I said before, I say it again. I'm uh, taking it a little slower than I used to just to present um, a whole lot of um, chapters and verses in the beginning is not sufficient for those who are now beginning to listen to the word. So we're taking smaller steps in these uh, podcasts that I'm going to be doing in the future. Going over this podcast, though, brothers and sisters, can we eat unclean meats? I'd like to start in the book of 1 Timothy 4. This is one of the chapters and verses they will uh, go to. I, I should say chapters they would go to to prove that we can eat unclean meats. Now, before I begin, brothers and sisters, of 1 Timothy chapter 4, each podcast episode that is done by Light to the Children Ministries is an explanation, word for word, simple understanding that we teach for you to have. So when you go to the chapter and the verse, you will understand it more clearly. I'm going to show you an example of that. An example of that is what I'm going to show you right now in this chapter of First Timothy chapter 4. I want you to listen very closely because already, brothers and sisters, if you've been listening to these podcast episodes, you already know that Sunday church is a church created, or I should say a religion created, to take you from the womb straight to the lake of fire. And you're going to see. There is nothing in Sunday church that saves. Proving it. First Timothy 4 and 1. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressingly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, Paul already let us know off the top, the spirit speaketh expressingly. Now, what is the spirit? But first of all, we need to understand 
let's let's take a look at what gives what gives us the understanding through the spirit. First of all, I like to go to Romans seven. Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen. It says, "For we know that the law is spiritual. The root word of spiritual is spirit." But Paul says, I am carnal, sold under sin. What I wanted out of that verse is the law is spiritual. So by the law, the spirit, it speaketh expressly that in the latter times, which is now, some shall depart from the faith. Now, remember, I told you, brothers and sisters, Matthew 23, verse 23 just a, a small review. Matthew 23, verse 23 says this. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisee hypocrites, for ye pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Now, brothers and sisters, I told you a long time ago, faith is of the law. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, that we all, let's watch 2 Corinthians 4, 13. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. It's very important that you pay attention because as we break it down, you'll see. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says, we having the same spirit, spirit again of faith according as it is written. Written where? The Old Testament. I believed. That is what Paul believed faith was. And therefore I have spoken. He has spoken it. We also believe, therefore we speak. The, the faith what that was written. So you can't go by, brothers and sisters, like it says in um, 1 Corinthians 2 and 5, when it talks about the faith that is presented by man. No, you can't go by that. It has to be by the faith that is written from Genesis to this point. That's what you can understand. Some shall depart from the faith that is written, giving heed to seducing spirits. What is seducing spirits? Let's get to Proverbs 12, the book of Proverbs chapter 12, the book of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 says this. It says, the righteous, those that keep the law, is more excellent than his neighbor. But the way of the wicked seduces them. So brothers and sisters believe that wickedness seduces. We teach you the law from Genesis to Revelations. But there are ministers, wicked pastors, tie receiving, receiving, excuse me, pastors that will seduce you with the very book that we have teaching you from one point to the other by using these one or two scriptures to try to deceive you from keeping the law. That's what it's about. And doctrines of devils. What does that mean? Doctrines of devils. Let's get the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. I'm just going over this slowly. Matthew chapter 15. 
And I'm going to read this. Verse 9. It says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. See, this is what you have in the Sunday church. They're teaching you doctrines of the commandments of men. And it says, vain do they worship me. What does it mean, vain? Psalms 119. Psalms 119. This is how you worship God in vain. Because God wants you to worship anytime you worship God in spirit and in truth. You're, you're worshiping God by the law. But watch this. Psalms 119 verse 113 says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. See, when you worship God by truth and by the spirit, you're worshiping God the right way. But when you're worshiping God vainly, you're, you're trying to worship God without the book, without the Bible, without the law. That's why it says in Deuteronomy 32, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 47. I'll read verse 46. It says, and he said unto them, set your hearts into all the words which ye, which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all these words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. See, every, I, I told y'all in different podcast episodes that the trick of Sunday church is to try to get you to believe you are a denomination and try to scratch out nationality. The fact that you are an, you are an Israelite the darker colored people, the forefathers of the so-called North American Indians and the forefathers of who they call Africans, which were the Jews that were sold to the Grecians, according to Joel 3 verse 6. See, the, the trick of the church is to get you away from nationality and put you more toward a man-made religion, which is Baptist. Pentecostal, uh, Catholic, Lutheran, and so on. But the Bible says, for it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. And through this thing, ye shall prolong your days in the land, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. So it is not a vain thing for the children of Israel to keep this law. All other nations, it doesn't matter at all let's read on down it says speaking lies 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 and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron the conscious the conscious deals with the mind it is seared in lies and in hypocrisies That's why the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 29, David says this, which they never read. David says this, 
David says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. See, the law and grace are together, brothers and sisters. Whoever told you it was a part, they ain't read this chapter and verse. This is why they tell you not to read the Old Testament. Psalms 119 verse 69 says this. It says, the proud have forged lies against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. See, these ministers are built to lie against the law, to tell you that the Old Testament is done away with, so they can at least have a some, some type of stance in what they have when it comes to lazy and unreading people. But you brothers and sisters, unlike them, like to read the Bible and try to understand salvation, which is presented to you by the scriptures. Verse three, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth. Now, he says to be received with thanksgiving to them that believe. Believe and know the truth. See, those are two words that went over. That believe and to know the truth. Let's go back to the book of... Um, let's go back to the book of John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And the reason why I want to go to John chapter 12, brothers and sisters, is because you look at this word believe. And I've done a podcast episode that was titled Believing in God and in Christ. Believe, brothers and sisters, is not just a word. It is an action. It is an understanding of God. That's why it says in John chapter 12, verse 46, I am come a light unto the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Darkness is sin. If you believe in Christ, you do not abide, which is live, which is dwell in sin. I want you to understand that. You do not live and dwell in transgression of the law. That's found in 1 John 3 and 4. So if you believe in Christ, you do not stay in transgression like they tried to teach when the law when the great. No, Christ says, if you believe in me, you do not stay in sin. Let's drop down to truth. Romans chapter 2, verse 20. So he says, who believe, which is those that keep the law. So you got to drop it, you got to drop it in. To you and let the Bible tell you about itself. You can't let ministers tell you about it. Romans chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to the New Testament version, brothers and sisters. It's not going to be a long podcast, but you know, I always go to Psalms 119:51, Malachi 2 and 6 to explain the truth. But I want Romans 2 and 20. It says, An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of truth in the law. So if you know the truth know the law, then you know that the law saith you are not to eat unclean meats. 
That's what the law says. It says this, verse 4, watch this. It says, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Okay. So they say, see, every creature. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. Because they get this from Genesis 9 and 3. and but, but they don't understand what Paul is talking about. Not at all. They don't understand. I'm going to read you what they say. Genesis 9 and 3 says, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green, green herb, I have given you all things. But it says, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, ye shall not eat. Now, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. At that time, the distinction was made. But before I go further into that, let's go back to the book of Genesis chapter 8, verse 19. And I'm going to read down. Watch, watch, watch. It says, every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. Verse 20. And now every beast went up out of the ark. Everything went out of the ark. Verse 20 of Genesis chapter 8. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. Now I want you to understand something, brothers and sisters. Noah offered clean beasts to the Lord. This is going to play an important part in understanding what Paul is talking about in 1 Timothy 4. I want to get the book. I want to get the book of Leviticus. I want to get the book of Leviticus, chapter 11. I want to get the book of Leviticus, chapter 11. Now, remember, so far, the preachers believe that everything, nothing to be refused. And as we just read in Genesis, Noah, everything come off the ark, but Noah took clean meats and offered it to the Lord. This is very important. Clean meats and made an offering to the Lord clean meats and made an offering to the Lord because you cannot take unclean meats and offer it to the Lord. Israel's worship was based upon offerings. Offerings. Watch this. This is the book of Leviticus 
11 verse 7. I want you to look. I want you. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Before we go there, brothers and sisters, I want to go to the book of Exodus, chapter 11, verse 7. I said Leviticus, but it's actually Exodus. Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. I'm sorry about that. Exodus 11, verse 7 says, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So God had put a difference between the Israelites and other nations. A difference. Leviticus 10 and 10. Leviticus chapter 10 verse 10 says this. Verse 10 of Leviticus 10. And that ye may put a difference between holy and unholy. And between unclean and clean. Now, what, what, what does that mean? Let's go to Leviticus 16 and 16 real quick. Clean and unclean. Watch this. What does it mean to be unclean? It says this. Leviticus 16 verse 16 says, And he shall make an atonement for the holy place, but because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel. Because, and, and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. So unclean, to, 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 to put uh, a difference between clean and unclean. What does it mean to be clean? What does it mean to be clean? Let's get the book of Job chapter 33, verse Nine. Now, brothers, sisters, I prove to you what it is. I'm going to show you what it means simply to be clean. I'm, I'm going to show you what it means with chapter and with verse. This is something Sunday preachers will never do. I'm showing you every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is what it means to be clean. Job chapter 33, verse 9 says, I am clean without transgression. I am innocent, neither is there iniquity in me. To be clean is to be without transgression. So God wants the children of Israel to understand the difference between Holy, which is in Numbers 15, verse 40, keeping the commandments, and unholy, those that don't keep the commandments. Clean and unclean. Unlawful meats and lawful meats. Verse 11 of Leviticus 10. That ye may teach the children of Israel, 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 all the statutes with the which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Now, Leviticus 11. We're going to read a few verses out of Leviticus 11. Leviticus 11 verse 2 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. These are the beasts you shall eat. Stop right there. Let's go right back to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 
Um, let's see what I want. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 15. It says, Behold, all nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as a small as the small dust in the balance. Behold, he taketh up the owls as a very little thing. Verse 16. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing, and vanity, vain. The only the reason why your ministers tell you not to read that Old Testament is because no other nation matters. And see, when they, and, and when you get to the New Testament, they start talking about neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. See, you can't supersede the first testament you have to know what the first testament says for you can even go into the new testament or the second testament so right away brothers and sisters all nations does not compare to the children of israel and this law was given to them this law was given to them so let's go back not all nations, but to Israel. It says, verse 3 of Leviticus 11, what, Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and cheweth the cud among the beasts ye shall eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof, as the camel. Because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. The coney. Which is the which is a uh, little small creature akin to a rabbit, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean to you. The hare, which is a bigger version of a rabbit, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean to you. The swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud. He is unclean to you, the pig. See, remember that cheweth the cud. Although he has a cloven hoof, he cheweth not the cud. Uh, cheweth not the cud, the, the grass. He is unclean to you. You, the children of Israel. Let's get that straight. Verse 8. Of their flesh shall ye not eat. And their carcass shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. Verse 9. These ye shall eat of, of all that are in the waters. Whatsoever has fins and scales and waters in the seas and in the rivers, them ye shall eat. If, they, if all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers and all that move in the waters, of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. What is an abomination? Let's, uh, to you now, to you children of Israel, an abomination. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, I mean, 36. Second Chronicles 36, verse. Let's look at what an abomination is by the Bible. Let's go back and look. Second Chronicles 36. Verse 14 says, Moreover, all the chief 
and priests of the people transgressed very much in all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hollowed in Jerusalem. So abomination means transgressions. Now, I'm not going to read the whole entire chapter because I know that that'll take a lot of time. But I'm going to skip down. Now, we talked about the waters, fins and scales. You can eat anything that, like the deer, that, that uh, any animal that cheweth the cud with a split hoof. You, you're not allowed to eat anything kin to rabbits, any of that class of families. People eat rabbit. No, that's unclean. Swine. No, that's unclean. Anything that is swimming in the waters or the seas, which is the oceans, that has not fins and scales, you shall not eat. The classification catfish. People love catfish. The Bible says that's unclean to you. It does has not you, Israel. I'm going to show you something. Let's drop down to verse 13. And these are they which ye shall eat, ye shall have an abomination among the fowls. So, and these are they which ye shall have an abomination among the fowls, the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the ostrich, the osprey, the vulture, the kite of his kind, every raven after his kind, the owl, the nighthawk, the uh, the cuckow, and the hawk after his kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the swan, the pelican, the gear eagle, the stork, the heron after her kind, the, the lapwing, and the bat. So all of these are flying creatures that you can't eat, that they eat in some rural areas. Remember, this God is telling them not to eat this because where they came from, these were eaten. You have to understand what's going on. All the fowls that creep going upon all four shall be an abomination unto you. Yet these ye may eat every flying creeping thing that goeth on all fours, which have legs above their feet to leap with upon the earth like the chicken. Like the quail the turkey. Those are those birds that we may eat. Stay tuned, brothers and sisters. When I return, we're going to go back to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Stay tuned. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Before the break, we were in the book of Leviticus 11. And we were reading a few verses out of the book of Leviticus 11. But now we're going back to the book of 1 Timothy 4. I'm going to read verses 4 and 5. It says, For every creature of God is good. Every creature that is to be eaten. Not every creature, period. Because Paul them did not eat. You cannot find any references. Well, they ate. And see, brothers and sisters, that's what I'm talking about. Your preachers will go here, but they can't prove that Paul never made anything else except the meats of the law. Watch this. 
It says, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, can they prove that the apostles ate anything other than the clean foods? Let's go back to a couple of scriptures before I read verse 5. Let's look at the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And I want to start, I want to, I want to read one verse. One verse. This is far after Christ has died. And I don't think Peter got the memo that he could eat anything. But let's read this one verse. It says, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have not eaten anything common or unclean. Now, Peter didn't realize that God was talking about the northern kingdom, the Jews that were scattered among the Gentiles. Because remember, it says there was a certain man and Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feareth God and with all his household, which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, brothers and sisters, a devout man is according to the law. This is the book of Acts 22 and 12. And one, Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. Jews were in Rome. Acts 18 and 2. Now, if you are the type that want to remove the, the skin color from your mind. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, but the Jews and the children of Israel were dark-colored people. I know in the movies they like to show you white on white on white on white on white, but that's idolatry and imagery that they want to place into the mind of black people. And then what they want to do is they want to say, well, let's go to that Ethiopian eunuch to prove that black people can be baptized into a white Christ. But we know that according to Daniel 10 and 5 and Revelations 1, 14 and 15, those are the images that are given of Christ. And they are woolly haired, dark figures, him and the father. The father was compared like to a Jasper stone, a solid stone, in Revelations 4 and 2. In Revelations 2.18, it repeats the feet of fine brass burned in the furnace, the voice of many waters. These are the images of God. John chapter 7, verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall pour rivers of living waters. What the scriptures say about Christ and the Father. Daniel 7 and 9, He had his hair as the pure wool. Negro hair. See, when you start going into books like Acts chapter 10, this is what you'll see because it says the Italian band. Well, we know that the Italians 
or the, the Romans are the father of Caucasians. And they dismissed the fact that black Jews in Israel dwelt among them. We, let's, let's, let's go back. The book of John chapter 18, the Bible doesn't contradicts itself. Here's the real Romans. The real Romans. John chapter 18, verse 31. Then said then Pilate said unto him, Take him, judge him according to your law. And the Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. I'm going to do a podcast episode, brothers and sisters, that will be entitled Your Law to prove that the Greeks and the children of Israel and all of the nations did not have the law. Same thing about the Ethiopian unit that had the scroll of Isaiah. Why? Because of Acts 2 and 5. Jews that were scattered all over the world. It already tells you that. Devout Jews. This is the same devout Jews like Cornelius. Devout meaning of the law. Let's go back to 1 Timothy. No, no, let me get one more. Let's get the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Because I'm going to show you something real quick. The book of Mark chapter 5. Now, as I said before, and I'll say it again, brothers and sisters, there is no proof in this book that the children of Israel are eating unclean things in the New Testament. But when you look at the book of Mark chapter 5, I'm going to show you something in Mark. It says this, verse 5, Marie chapter 5, verse 1, and they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, an unclean spirit, an unlawful spirit. This man was a little bit of a lunatic. I'm going to drop down to um, verse 13. It says this, And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this one time. It's kind of funny how ministers don't quote that scripture, that Christ allowed 2,000 swine to die. These swine had life in them. They breathe. They ate of, they were fed by the herders. Christ allowed, he didn't allow them to go into sheep. He didn't allow them to go into birds. He didn't allow them to go into oxen. He didn't allow them to go into anything else except he, he could have at least let them go into the abyss. No, the, the, as he has always controlled angels, Psalm 78, 49, Psalms 35, yeah, 35, verse 6 and 7, God has always controlled angels. Second Samuel 24, verse 16, down. God has always controlled angels. There was never a war in heaven. He controlled them here. The Son of God controlled them here. Go to those swine. And they died. Verse 14, And they that fed the swine fled and told 
it in the city and when the and in that and in the country gentile land and they went out to see what it was that was done now they watched this crazy man come back to his senses but at the same time they watched 2000 of the pigs that they were feeding in a farm die by running down a steep um, place into the sea and died. Christ had no regard for that herd of pork. Not at all. I wonder why. Let's go back to the book of First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Verse 5, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, see, this is when your preachers say, um, yeah, see, just pray over it. Just pray over it. Now I got them. When it says, for it is sanctified, how is it sanctified? Let's get to the book of Isaiah 5. Isaiah chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 16. It says this, but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, which is the law, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness, which is in the law. Romans 8 and 4, Romans 2, 26, Philippians 3 and 6, Isaiah 51, verse 7. Righteousness is in the law. That's why it's a such thing, brothers and sisters, again, as the word unrighteousness. Again, 1 John 5, 17 says all unrighteousness is sin. The opposite of righteousness is unrighteousness. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous, which is the opposite of the righteous, shall not inherit the kingdom. You got to understand, break it down to the words, brothers and sisters. You want to try to understand a verse Understand the words in the verse. Let's go to John chapter 17. Anything that's sanctified is sanctified in a certain way. This is why they say, when, they, when we're the church of the sanctified, what you're sanctified by. Get a scripture and tell me what you're sanctified by. They have to follow where I'm going now. It says, Christ says this, even in us, whenever you sanctify anything, including man, it has to be sanctified this way. The Lord is sanctified in righteousness. Watch this. John chapter 17, verse 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, which is law. The truth is in the law. Verse 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself in righteousness, like it says in Isaiah 5, 16, that they also might be sanctified through thy truth, which is thy righteousness mentioned in Isaiah 5, 16. But all of a sudden, the food we eat is sanctified without the law? No. It says, thy word is truth. Let's go back. Let's go back to... First Timothy 4. 
It says, for it is sanctified by the word of God. The word of God was the truth, the law, and prayer, Look, and prayer, and prayer, and prayer, and prayer. Wow, brothers and sisters, and prayer. So pray over it. Watch this. John chapter 9. <laughs> John chapter 9. Remember I done a podcast, brothers and sisters, about prayer. Who God hears. Okay. John chapter 9, verse 31 says, For we know God heareth not sinners, transgressors of the law. But any man be a worshiper of God, doeth his will when he him he heareth. The will of God, again, Psalms 40, verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is in my heart. Romans 2, 18. Come on, folk. Get the scripture that proves what the will of God is. Don't just tell them. Once you start doing this, the preacher has no choice but to bow down when you give him the scripture. Romans chapter 2, verse 18 says, And knoweth his will, and approveth the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. To do the will of God is the law. Those who do the law or keep the law, him God hears in prayer. So how can your Sunday preacher, whom's a sinner who don't keep the law, be heard in prayer? See, this is what your scholars know, not just your basic pastor in these houses around the corner, these church houses, I would call them, these buildings on the corner. Your simple pastor, pork chop eater, does not know this. But the high scholars know this. Let's get the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 69. And I want to read um, verse 13. It says, but as for me, my prayer unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercies, hear me. In the truth, hear me in the law, the truth of thy salvation. So salvation is of the law. Hear me in the truth. Hear me in the truth. Not in a lie, in the truth. Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Sin. Even his prayer shall be a sin unto the Lord, an abomination. God does not hear it. You cannot, the Holy Ghost is in the Old Testament. These men wrote inspired of the Holy Ghost, like it says in Second Peter 2. I mean, Second uh, 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 Peter, let's read that. I want to read it. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men 
of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So when Solomon wrote Proverbs, he wrote it inspired by the Holy Ghost. He says, even the prayer shall be an abomination. So how can an unclean, sinful pastor, or I should say Sunday pastor, pray when he's not even... <laughs> God is, don't, don't even hear the prayer of Sunday church. You cannot be in sin and pray. That's why it says in 1 Peter, again, 1 Peter 3, brothers and sisters, you got to understand, it is sanctified by God in prayer. God didn't even hear the prayer. 1 Peter 3, verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. The righteous are the law keepers. But, 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 the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And we know evil pursues sinners, like it says in Proverbs 13, 21. In Proverbs 29, verse 6 says, The transgression of an evil man, there is a snare. We all know these words, brothers and sisters. So how can a sinner or a sinner's prayer reach the cloud in an unclean meat? That's why in Leviticus 11 verse 44 says, Leviticus 7:44 says, For I am the Lord your God, for ye shall sanctify yourselves, and ye shall... Be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Sanctified. This is what Paul was talking about when he's talking about sanctification. You cannot sanctify anything without law. There is no law that proves or no prophecy that proves that you could eat unclean meats. Or unclean animals, I should say. Let's go to the second scripture that they would go to, which would be Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verse 16, when it says, Let no man judge you immediately. I'm going to explain that real quick because they don't know what they're talking about. It said, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or respect to a holy day, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day, which is a, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Now, I'm going to show you something, brothers and sisters. It says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink, or respect to a holy day, or a new moon, or Sabbath day. I want to go to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66, and I'm going to read one verse, and then I'm going to go back. Isaiah 66. Remember, Paul said this, but Paul also knew this. Isaiah 66, verse 22. For as a new heavens and a new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed, so shall your seed and your name remain. He's talking about Israel. And it shall come to pass from one new moon to another. From one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, saith the Lord. In the new heavens and the new earth, we will be keeping new moons and Sabbaths. That's right. 
we will be keeping new moons and Sabbaths. We won't be keeping any Sunday or Easter rabbits hunting and children hunting eggs in the grass. No, we will be keeping new moons and Sabbaths. Verse 24, and they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. Those that continue to keep those worships of Easter, finding eggs in the ground, which is transgression, which is idolatry. Christmas, Valentine's Day, birthdays, baby day, dog day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all worships that are not ordained by the Bible, that's transgression. And their bodies are going to be laid out there. See, this is why they don't want to read the Old Testament. I just want to make that clear real quick, brothers and sisters. It says, which are of a verse 17, verse 17 of Colossians. It says, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Why did Paul say that? Why verse 16 and 17 go together? It said, let no man judge you in me to drink. Let's go to the book of John. I'll show you why he says this. The book of John, chapter 6. The book of John, chapter 6. I'm going to read to you verses um, 51, and I'm going to drop down to verses 54. That's why Paul said that. Christ says, I am the living bread. Christ called himself bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. The, the bread I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Let's drop down to verse 54. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Here's the thing. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The reason why Paul said, let no man judge you in meat or drink, is because no longer was the meat and drink bread and wine the worships of the temple, the meat and drink was now in his flesh. Verse 56, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth, uh, uh, dwelleth in me and I in him. See, Christ has called himself the bread and the uh, his body, the bread and the wine. They didn't actually drink, eat his body, and drink his blood. They had bread and wine, which in the Old Testament was called meat and drink. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you just like this: there is no scripture in the Old Testament or New where they could say meat was compared to the flesh of animals. Meat was the meat offering. Let me show you what the meat offering was. Let's get the book of Leviticus 6. See, when you don't go back to the law, you do not know anything, brothers and sisters. Let me show you the meat offering. Let me show you the meat offering. It says, this is the law of the meat offering, and the sons of Aaron shall offer it before the altar. And he shall take 
of it a handful of flour, 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 flour of the meat offering and all and the all thereof and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering. He shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. Now, the meat offering was bread. Bread. Understand that, brothers and sisters. Bread. Verse 21, it says, in a pan it shall be made with oil, and when it is baked, thou shalt bring it in, and there bake in pieces of the meat offering thou shalt offer for a sweet savor unto the Lord. Bread, the meat offering was bread. The when an animal was sacrificed, it was called the sin offering. Meat offerings were bread, always bread offerings. This is what your pastor don't tell you. Let's get First Chronicles 23, 29. First Chronicles 23, 29. See, this is why you have to know the law. The meat never, it never was of the flesh of an animal. It was always bread. That is what the meat offering was called. It says this, verse 29, for the showbread and for the fine flour, for the meat offering, for the unleavened cakes, and for that which is baked in the pan, and for that which is fried, and for all manner of measure and size. See, meat offering. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 13. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenths deals of fine flour mingled with all and offered made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the drink, meat and drink offering thereof shall be of wine and the fourth part of hen. See, when Paul says, let no man judge you in meat or drink, He's talking about this, the First Testament offerings, which dealt with the Levitical priesthood. Let no man judge you with meat or drink. He's not talking about pork and pop. Fish or milk, lobster and margaritas. He's talking about the meat offering and the drink offerings that were done by the Levitical priesthood. He said, let none of those men judge you in those things because Christ, Christ's flesh was the bread. And his blood was the wine. Has nothing to do with you being able to eat unclean meats. Nothing to do with that. 
That's why in my final verse, remember the Holy Ghost wrote the Old, wrote the Old Testament. That's why in Isaiah 66, verse 17 says, they that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in gardens, which, which is the old term for churches, these places of worship, be one behind one in the midst eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouth shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. In the end, folks, those people that eat pork are going to perish. Yes, God is going to kill you. God is going to, it's not going to change. These lying ministers won't read you that chapter in verse Willie. Brothers and sisters, our people don't want to read the Bible. They're lazy. They've been tuned in to salvation just being free. You know, God cannot be terrible. He cannot be uh, a, a God of hate. He cannot be mean. They have been hypnotized and put to sleep at the same time about this Bible. But you brothers and sisters that listen to these podcasts, may your ears be blessed as I am proud to teach it to you. And with that, I say peace.